Welcome to the Lynn Sanity, a podcast for the Running Hook Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Lynn Sanity Podcast. But before we get into the podcast, uh, the founder of the network, Alex Burr, has some things to say about the Thursday night action between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Miami Dolphins. So, Alex Burr, please take it away. Hello, Linsanity audience. I know this is mine's not a voice you're used to hearing on this program for NFL topics, but this one was a topic that's close to my heart. Um, as you all know, Tua Tungavailoa had some head injury issues first in week three against the Bills. He was allowed to come back into the game for some godforsaken reason. And then in week four, we saw he was you know, carted off the field, was having some very clear neurological issues. Um, I love football. It's a thinking man sport. It's really, really a fun game. But man, it's just it's it's times like that where you're reminded. It's also a glad it's a gladiator sport. There's no other way to put it. And I'm speaking as someone who has concussions. It's just brutal to see the laissez fairway in which every party involved <laughs> in the NFL approaches concussions. It makes me sick to my stomach because I have had multiple concussions when I was in high school. I was a goalkeeper in soccer. I was on one knee and some kid tried to jump over my head and need me right in the ear. Horrible, horrible concussion. Long story, very, very short. I ended up twitching in my shoulder. I ended up, you know, ended up with a stutter. I ended up, obviously don't have one now. (laughs) I never stuttered before, haven't stuttered since. My point is, the NFL has been downplaying concussions for a very long time. And it has been, they've been allowing players to be like, hey, we're good to play. When... All the anecdotal evidence is like, you know, these guys are having more miserable lives off the field because of concussions they suffered in high school. I never played football, not a day in my life. And I think I I could have been a pretty good tight end. That's that's, that's neither here nor there. I'm miserable because I had one concussion in high school. Another concussion working for another company after I was done with high school. And while that certainly didn't help things, you know seeing these athletes go through this and then just being tossed back out there because it's what's necessary to make the millions of dollars every week. It's just, it's just gross to me. And I'm going to have to live with what happened for my concussion every day for the rest of my life. I have terrible, terrible migraines. I used to, I never knew what a headache was like before I had a concussion. And now I thankfully I'm taking wonderful medication. Shout out to my neurologist at in Indianapolis, but I, used to have terrible migraines every day i and i can't fathom what nfl players who have had multiple concussions are having to deal with so i hope tua gets requisite rest i hope tua is healthy for the rest of the season i hope he doesn't rush back my guess is that you know if things are looking dire for the dolphins he probably will rush back before he's ready my guess is he won't be ready so um I just hope for his sake, you know, he is actually ready when he's enlisted to play and the 
Dolphins take him seriously. I don't have much faith in that, though, based on the NFL's track record. And then without further ado, um, Alex, thank you so much for what you put together. Uh, I greatly appreciate it. Uh, th- this coming week here at the Lynn Sanity podcast, uh, you know, there's a ton to talk about, obviously, with what happened with uh, Thursday night, as Alex mentioned. Um, to all of the games and all of the action. Uh, but we're going to go old school again. Uh, I'm back. I'm hot. And I'm coming uh, with this monologue uh, this morning here about Tuesday. And, and I am, I'm pumped for it. Uh, I cannot wait uh, to go unfiltered uh, and not deal with some clowns as my co-host. So anyway, uh, let's, let's jump right into it. Um, I got a couple things to look into. We're going to go Thursday night. Then we're going to go down. Uh, we're going to go into, you know, the primetime games and so on and so forth. Uh, so now we got the Bengals and Dolphins, which Alex just mentioned, the, the Tua uh, concussion and, and how that was handled by both sides, you know, by everybody. Uh, just hopefully it's okay and then it's smooth. But at the same time, hopefully there's a level of accountability within that that, you know, is going to make sure that this is not going to consistently happen. Uh, and to me, that's that's a massive part of this situation. But the Dolphins came into this game undefeated. Uh, they lost Cincinnati. Uh, honestly, they seem to be back, you guys. I mean, they really they really do. The offense looks smooth. They only allowed Joe Burrow to have one sack. Joe Burrow said it was the cleanest sack he's had in his whole entire cleanest pocket he's had his whole entire career. You look at it, the team that it's like this. This is what they envisioned. Twenty seven points, balance on defense. Um, it, to me, it, it's a big deal. When you consider the fact that, you know, they're going to be able to sprinkle that ball around. And I think ideally, like this is a very similar, like if you gave them this type of passing stats and you said like T Higgins, a hundred Jamar, like 90, hundred Boyd, like 50 Hurst, like 25, like this is, this is what they want um, moving forward. I think as an organization in the passing game. I think that's about as good of a passing game as they can have against a, a Dolphins defense that frankly, I just thought was better in the past. And I think they're good, but I just was disappointed. I thought they'd be able to uh, kind of limit some things. And and when you look at the Dolphins here, uh, look, it just they just never really got going. I think and you know Tua was fine, uh, but but I didn't think he was like that great before the injury. And and Teddy came in and look, I, I think Teddy is a more than serviceable backup. I think he's one of the best backups in the league. In fact, I think he's a low end starter. And when you're looking at a guy like Teddy Bridgewater who I'm a big fan of in terms of a low starter, high backup usage, then, then to me, it's, it's a combination of a couple things. If you're Miami, um, you know, this is why you paid those receivers. Certainly Tyree kill had his day 10 for one, for one sixty. Uh, it's undeniable, but Jalen Waddle two for 39. I mean, I think the dolphins have to expect more there uh, in this matchup. Uh, and I just, in general, like this is a game where the dolphins, they rode high for three. You know, they were three and oh, and at some point you're going to lose. And I just think that's what happened. I think the Dolphins are a good team. I don't take anything different away from them. Uh, I honestly think that Tua doesn't need to be playing. I would argue Tua doesn't even need to play two or three weeks because I think Teddy Ridgewater is more than capable of getting you a start and getting you in a position where he can lead this team to a two and one record in this stretch. There's no reason to say that he can't do that. They play the Dolphins, the Vikings, and the Steel. or sorry, they play the Jets, the Vikings, and the Steelers. They play the Jets in at Jets, which I think they can win, even though I want to talk about the Jets because I am right on the Jets, and I am happy to let you know that, and I will let you know that later. The Vikings, 
decent team, but you know, whatever. If you lose, you lose. It's Teddy's Brit revenge game. And then Pittsburgh in week seven, which Pittsburgh's a total mess. So the way that I look at it is I think Miami has a chance to sneak in like three games without two, and I think they should do it. Next up, uh, a, a team, let, let's go into like the prime, the prime time Sunday night game, uh, which, which I thought was pretty ugly um, for Tampa and Kansas City. Uh, I think the score is incredibly deceiving. It's a 10-point game. It was a blowout. If you watch the game, it was it felt like a 30-point blowout. Uh, Mahomes made it look too easy. Um, you know, and and it just they were they were on a flow. I mean, there were some plays in that game, the one he spins around and Nick's throw in like the right corner of the end zone. That that's just like he is the only guy who can make that play. There is no other quarterback in the NFL that can make that play. He can make that play. Um and I think what is really interesting to me is who would have predicted that Kansas City would have been the team to gash the run game on Tampa, and then Kelsey with 92, Schuster with 546, and Scantling with three of 63. Um, I'll be honest. I'll be honest, guys. Um, are we sure that Tampa's in the top of the NFC, or are we just doing it because of Brady's legacy and greatness? I think. I think when you're looking at this roster. There's obviously some exciting pieces and there's, there's no denying that, but Tom Brady is not the same quarterback that he was four or five years ago. It's a fact. You can see it. You can see it in the way they play. Um, you can see it in how he plays and they're going to have to figure and, and they're trying to limit Leonard Fournette's snaps. I mean, what in the world? I, I help me understand where that came from. I mean, it still doesn't make sense to me that he has three carries for, ne- for negative three yards. Like, you have to give that man opportunities. He is better with higher volume. If you give him higher volume, he becomes more effective because he's so hard to bring down. Loss there. I think it was great to see Godwin back. It was great to see Edmonds back. They give them a much-needed boost. I think Julio's still trying to figure himself out because he only had two targets the whole game. But, I mean, again, they have their weapons back. And I think that's gigantic if you are Tampa. My thing is, if you if you want to be the top line, Brady's got to figure it out. There's no question about it. And this defense, with all due respect, I mean, at some point, my God, we can't keep talking about this team like they were around like three years ago. This is this is a different team. I mean, we're just giving them respect from three years ago, four years ago, saying they can run the ball. You you can't run the ball on. I mean, it's a new season. Like, I mean, there's no question about it that the Kansas City Chiefs ran the ball on him. There's no question about it that Green Bay, I understand the individual stats doesn't look good, but if you look at the fact that they both got 30 yards to combine for 74 yards, I would argue that's not too bad. The Saints, you know, 58 yards from Ingram and then Dallas first week where nothing really got going. Zeke had 50 yards. Point being is I just don't think they're as vaunted of a run defense as everyone thinks they are. And the pass defense just has to be better. I'm, I'm, I mean, like in your scouting report, you, you should not allow. I mean, I know Travis Kelsey's better in the scouting report, but I mean, there's no way nine for 92 in your place should have happened in your place. And you're two and two. You're arguably in one of the weirdest divisions in the NFL. Atlanta at this point has a better record than anyone else. The Saints 
are trying to figure out quarterback injury, but you know the talent's there. Carolina is just in this weird shuffle right now. They're competitive. In a, they're competitive. They have moments where they're competitive. They have moments where they look like the worst team in the league. I still believe that all four of those teams can still make pushes for the division title. There's no one that's separated. There's no one that's way above anyone else. I feel like it's all kind of a mod podge. Tampa can't let that happen. Next up, let's just get to the games uh, throughout the week. And, you know, I'm really excited about it because when you're talking about, you know, this first game here, let's talk. I got them all through my uh, table. Let's go Commanders Cowboys. Uh, Cooper Rush goes three. And, uh, it, it, terrific. Absolutely terrific. Uh, he sits there and he delivers three wins in a row. Dak comes back next week. I mean, this is exactly what you want if you're Dallas, but this is also a credit to Mike McCarthy. A lot of people like to drag Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy unquestionably deserves praise for this. Unquestionably. I mean, there is, there, you know, in this podcast, many times we're like, man, what's up with these coaching decisions? Man, what's up with the penalties still? But that's coaching to keep your guy ready and look really sharp. I'm not saying that Cooper Rush doesn't deserve credit, but coaching has to be has to be given its props here because that means you're keeping your guy ready and and you felt that he could do it. And ultimately, if you are the cowboy, if you're the Cowboys, that is something to monitor down the stretch. I thought they were able to run the ball effectively in this game. I think they were able to, you know, with Zeke with 49 yards. I thought that the passing game of Zeke and Gallup and Brown and laying back, Gallup being back, I think gives them another, uh, uh, you know, basically another option. And and for the commanders here, look, the commanders have incredible receivers. Uh, I'm not, I'm not, they're getting open. Uh, but, but as you all know, uh, and I don't really want to repeat myself because I've said it so many times. It's unreal. Uh, Carson Wentz is not a starting quarterback. And until the Washington football team, until in term, in, until they recognize that, until the commanders recognize that, uh, they, they are going to be at the bottom of the cellar. Uh, I honestly believe that about week eight, week nine, we start seeing hands of back. Next up, uh, Colts, Titans. Um, I, I don't think both these teams are very good right now. Uh, Colts are one and two and one after the 24 to 17 loss. Uh, but, it, it, but to me, like, there was no way they should have even had a chance at this game considering the way that it was going. And I only lost by seven. And I really can't tell if that's crediting the Colts or if that's how bad I think the Titans are because they did whatever they wanted on the ground game. Like again, the Titans are going to want to beat you doing one thing, pound the ball. And then maybe a couple play actions down the field. Like Tannehill did not do anything. 137 yards. It's nothing in the NFL. His QBR was horrible and he got sacked three times. But Henry did whatever and however he wanted. And that's why they won the game. And like at some point, if you're the Colts, you had this great rushing defense heading into the contest. And that's what you got burned by. Uh, Gus Bradley, just to be completely honest with you, I think he is going to have a he's going to have to check himself in the mirror. Maybe by the end of the season, because this is just not OK. And I don't even think he was that great in, with the Raiders anyway. It's uh, Hold up for it was so bad with the Raiders, but I don't really understand. He got the chance of the Colts, but he he did. And if, if you're the Colts here, look, Matt Ryan has not been the answer for you. He's fumbled the ball already way too much. He fumbled the ball twice in this game. Jonathan Taylor hurt. Hopefully he comes back, but he's still 20 carries for 42 yards. Like 
that's not ideal, but I think there's a lot of other pieces where you have to justify that. And finally, the Indianapolis Colts have done what I have consistently said, and my co-host has consistently said that uh, I'm wrong for, uh, but let's just face the facts. Their offense is better when they do this, and that's make Mo Cox a legitimate option. People make fun of me for it. People think that I'm crazy for it. Mo Cox is a legitimate option. He's a legitimate passing option. Get him the ball. He's huge. They cannot guard. You can't. And he's athletic. So he can just maul over people to make plays. And then, quote unquote, a number one wide receiver, Michael Pittman, goes three for 31 yards on six targets and basically gets it on the majority of one catch. Give me a break. I mean, this is this is embarrassing from Ballard. I've said it from the jump. I've said it. I've said it for at least three or four years. The pass catching is absolutely horrific. It's horrific, and they have done nothing to address it over the last four years. Next up, um, let's go Vikings-Saints. Man, that was a weird game. In London, uh, Saints, it looked like they were going to get this great field goal from, well, let's, let's you know, hit a 60-yard earlier in the game, and, and it looked like things were promising for the Saints to tie it up in overtime, but let's, it hits off uh, the pole. It looked like it was going to go back in and then went back out. Uh, and so they they lost twenty eight to twenty five. Um, no Kamara, no Thomas. I think in no Winston, obviously. I get that the Saints are one and three, but I would take a lot of positives out of this more than negatives. You stayed in it the whole time. You clearly have some talent here. I just think it's a matter of getting your stars healthy. I really do. Um, I think if you can get your stars healthy. Uh, I, I would really like your chances. You can get right against uh, Seattle. Uh, I honestly think that's a really tough game for Cincinnati to play that following week at New Orleans. Uh, I just think there's a stretch here of three games where you could, where I think they get right back in. And I, I, I think that, um, you know, that's going to come down to Dennis Allen as well. And, and we'll see whether he could come up with a game plan that maximizes that for the Vikings. Look, uh, I think this is the best team in the NFC North. I, I just keep saying that, and I just want to keep emphasizing that uh, because they just are. They're more explosive. They have a better day, a very, very good defense. They have a, in general, they are, to me, that team. Like O'Connell and what he's done for this team. If Zimmer was in these games that they have been in this season, they are losing. They're losing. That is what his track record has said. They are losing. They are losing to the they are losing to the Lions. They are losing to the Saints. To me, I, I just can't emphasize how important that is. Browns, Falcons, Falcons, twenty three to twenty. Browns. Jacoby Brissett was due for a bad game. He really was. Not trying to hate on him, but he was. Uh, I think they. You know, this is going to be something to watch out for because everything about this team looked really sharp, um, and then the Falcons just kind of. One ugly, you know, Patterson was out. Huntley comes in. Caleb Huntley comes in. Tyler Algier comes in, gives them, you know, a really solid day on the ground. Uh, You know, and I think when you're looking at this attack here from Atlanta, the passing game certainly has to be better heading into next week. Uh, But this was a gritty win for them. And, you know, currently right now uh, at two and two, uh, they they sit at the top of that division along with Tampa. And, you know, I got to give credit where credit's due. Next up, Seahawks, Lions, man, no defense showing here. Uh, 48 to 45 win for Seattle, 151 yards for Penny, 300 for Geno Smith. 
91 for Lockett, 149 for Metcalf. Uh, the defense didn't really do all that much. You know, the Lions without, you know, Swift and, and Shark and Amon Ross Brown to still put up 45 points is kind of ridiculous. Uh, I, I, it's, I'll be honest, like, it's go time for this defense. Like, you can't ask for anything more than that when you're talking about an offense that is just completely their their top weapons, three of their top weapons, like besides like Hawkinson for me, like besides are, are there are avail are not able to play. And you need this, you have got to figure out how to win a game like that when you still put up 45 points. Like, <laughs> I mean, we want the cute. I mean, I get it. Like it was great. Hard knocks was great. Hard knocks was great. It was it it was fun. It was great. But breaking news, we're in the NFL season and you're one and three. Where's the change of mindset of finishing games? Where is that? Where is that? Because you can't, you can't, you can't say it was this game. You can't say it was the line. You can't say it was the, um, the Vikings game. And you can't really say it was the Eagles game. And there were three wins that were right there for you. And you, you did the exact same thing as last year. You didn't finish it. I think Detroit has a lot to consider here. Um, and I, I'm not going to go there yet, but at some point, the cute story for Dan Campbell might be over. Next up, Bears and Giants. Giants 20-12. to 12. Giants go 3-1. and one. Bears go 2-2. Two and two. Bears might be the worst 2-2 two two team in the league. I don't want to keep commenting on them. I don't think they're very good. Uh, I think the run game looks fine. Fields did have a decent, you know, 174 yards on the, on the air. Mooney with terrific play. He finally looked back, but I think he's been back. I just don't think they're fighting him open. Uh, I, when I look at the Giants, they just won by the ground game and defense, and I think that's how they want to win. I think they've got a really good defense. I'm in on this defense. I think they've got a lot of great young talent. The pass rush is really good with Thibodeau and Ojolari. You know, Lawrence up in the middle. Uh, I like the fact that they're looking at Landon Collins, bringing in a veteran, a, a savvy veteran. Uh, McKinney is there in the back end. Uh, Dory Jackson's there in the back end. The Giants are, are tough on defense, and and they've been tough on defense, honestly, for the last couple of years. But now, you know, people are kind of seeing that more because of the way that the games are coming out. I, I like the Giants. I think this was a good win for them. I'm not sure they're going to necessarily win the division, but they took advantage of a team that I think is horrible. Next up, Jaguars, Eagles. Jaguars go to 2-2. Two and two. Eagles, only undefeated team left in the 29-21 victory. Eagles kind of came back, ugly game in the monsoon. What impressed me the most, Miles Sanders, 134 yards and two touchdowns. To me, they're committed to him for the first time in his entire career. And they're seeing the dividends. He's a solid running back. He's been waiting for his turn. He's getting it. This is a good offensive line. I think that the Jaguars don't have anything to necessarily be ashamed of. I think the interception is not ideal, but the sacks aren't ideal either. Hopefully they get that fixed. The ground game didn't look near as efficient, but they're, they're what they're going to be looking for in the deadline. I mean, I get it. They spent a lot of money on Christian Kirk. They spent a lot of money on Zay Jones. They sp- I get it. But those guys are not going to be able to make the difference when you, when you need them the most. They're just not. You need another guy better than that. And I, that's kind of where I'm at with it. Because if you know the ground game isn't there, you got to have some receiver who can just take over the game. And I don't believe Christian Kirk can do that. I don't believe Zay Jones can do that. I don't believe Marvin Jones can do that. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see how the Jaguars can build off a game like this where the run game wasn't happening. Jets, Steelers, Jets 24, Steelers 20. Robert Sala, 
you know, look, mailbag came in on Salah. Um, Salah, you've been delivering two and two on the year. Brees, you know, and, and to me, it was an awesome win for the Jets. I don't think the Steelers are very good. I've made that very clear, but I think this offense is very good. And I've been, I've been very, very clear in saying that. I'm not just saying that because it's cute. I'm saying that because they have true, real weapons. Corey Davis, Elijah Moore, and Garrett Wilson are true, real, you know, wide receiver weapons. Brees Hall looked really sharp today. 66 yards and a touchdown. They kind of shut down Carter, but I like Carter. I like what Carter and Hall can do for each other. And I think credit the defense. This is a good secondary. You can't just throw it up on them and not expect some interceptions. Joyner made some big plays. I thought that uh, Whitehead made some big plays. I think Sauce Gardner has looked really good since they picked him up. I think they're, you know, DJ Reed's a solid piece. Quan Alexander, Williams, Carl Lawson. This, this is a good, this is not a bad team. This is not a bad team. They're going to stay competitive. I don't think they're going to be great. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs good. But their offense is respectable, and their team is respectable. And if you come into a game automatically thinking you're going to win against the Jets, I'm sorry, that is not happening. And and the Pittsburgh need Pittsburgh needs to adjust that. Mike Tomlin, there's no reason Mike Tomlin should have lost this team. It really isn't. And I don't care. You know, to me, Mitch Trubisky is not the quarterback. And I think it's awful that they're starting Kenny Pickett. I think you are going to just ruin this guy's confidence as soon as he enters the lineup. Uh, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers basically wove their flag. I think they're saying their season's over. I think they're looking for a top five draft pick. Um, I, I don't, at this point, I think the Steelers might just be in a relevant conversation. I don't see how this team can bounce back. Here's their next four. Bills, Bucks, Dolphins, Eagles. You don't even have to say it. They're probably going on for next up bills, Ravens, Ravens off to a scorching start, but then the bills come back in the second half uh, bills, 23 to 20. Nice comeback from the bills. I think people thought the bills were going to win, but to me, it's about the Ravens. Uh, at some point you have to finish games and your head coach at the, yeah, it just was cute. He was cute. You had, in my opinion, it was, it was unnecessary for him to be cute. Um, I obviously would have taken the points there. Uh, you could have taken the points there. You were up 20 to 20. Uh, it looked like it was a fourth and goal. You chose to go for it. The play was horrible. The design of the play was horrible. The weather wasn't even that good for a pass, yet you still threw it anyway. I I don't... The coaching in this game was why they lost. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. I, I, think, I think it has nothing to do with the individual talent. I think Lamar was okay, despite the fact that he threw for two interceptions, and they were both horrible. Uh, their wide receivers just struggled. They couldn't really make the catches they needed to make. And, and defensively, look, I got to give, you know, I got to give credit to the Ravens. They're always solid there. And if you hold the bills to 23 points, you're probably doing something right. So again, I I think to me, you know, the bills are a very good team. They're going to go out and win games like that. The Ravens should have won a game like that. Next up, Chargers, Texans, Chargers 34, Texas 24, basically a rebound game for the Chargers. Uh, I I thought it was good for them. Uh, Houston um, still goes with no wins. Uh, Patriots, Packers, uh, Bailey Zappi comes in. This is so adorable. Why we keep consistently bringing up this headline is an absolute joke. At the end of the day, it just wasn't the Packers night. And I'm not, I'm not necessarily the biggest Packers defender ever, but it just wasn't the Packers night. It just wasn't. And I think that for them to win this game was more impressive. I think there is absolutely no doubt in my mind this was a fluky performance from Zappi and the Patriots. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, you're making Patricia. Patricia is the offensive coordinator with this group. 
I mean, it was silly. I mean, let's just face the facts. Like this was a team that obviously limited Rogers, certainly, but they were still able to run the ball whenever and however they wanted. And Lazard still made plays when it mattered. They just went ugly. Sometimes that happens. Broncos Raiders McDaniels gets his first win as the Raiders head coach over Nathaniel Hackett and the Denver Broncos. Uh, I'll be honest. I think this was a really good win for the Raiders. This is what you want. I think you, I think ideally like you want to have some more balance in the passing game, but Jacobs looked phenomenal against the Broncos. And I mean, obviously he told Josh McDaniels, why in the world were you going to look at trading me? Uh, clearly with this performance. And then Adams with nine for 101. Renfro coming back. He's hurt right now. Waller three for 24. He's had some moments. I think he'll be fine. Uh, they always look for him. So I, I'm not necessarily concerned with the stats here. I uh, just think that this was a massive win for them. And I also think it was more of an important win for the Raiders defense. Uh, to be able to make the plays needed to combine for 55, you know, 55, 85 yards total. Um, I just think when you're looking at this Raiders team, it's, it's going to come down to a couple things, right? It's going to come down to the trenches and it's going to come down to their defense because we know the weapons are there. The trenches held up against Denver for them. And, and I, and I think they got to get the respect because they did, they held up, you know, again, they gave up two sacks, but I I'm taking that, you know, I'm living that I'm living with that, you know, against that pass rush. And I think if you're the defense here, like, this is what you're talking about. You want Max Crosby to go for two sacks. You want Perriman all over the field. You know, I think to me, this was a good, solid victory for the Raiders and maybe a chance to get them back on the right track. Cardinals, Panthers, Cardinals, 26, Panthers, 16, Panthers dropped the one and three. Baker Mayfield may not be a starter by the end of a couple of weeks. It was such a bad performance for him. And they just consistently keep missing their wide receivers wide open. And then the Cardinals won an ugly, ugly win, ugly win, but they were able to do it. Uh, Kyler looked okay. Too, and I think, again, he got. You know, two touchdowns and an interception, ideal. Running game still not as effective as you want it, but Ertz Brown came up big in the passing game. Rondell Moore's back. I think they'll open him up to more plays. And I think this defense needs to be given credit because this was a very criticized defense, and they held an NFL team to 16 points with all due respect. And then the Rams and the Niners, the Niners, this is the definition of a game the Niners get up for. I mean, it just is. I'm sorry. It's just, it just is. This is the definition of it. Um it really is. It's a game the Niners get up for. They they have this. They get up for these games, and they may lose to Carolina. That's kind of how they are. The Rams. Like it, I'm not even concerned about both these teams. I don't even think of these teams any differently. Um, next up in the in the segments here, let's do a get the sack candidate. Um, there's a lot that I'd argue. A lot. Um. But I want to take my shot at this one coach that um, I mentioned earlier. I didn't think I was actually going to get him for get the sack. But guess what? I am. That's Dan Campbell. I think Dan Campbell's might get the sack this week. I, I just look. You're putting up offense like nobody's business. But your whole mentality all offseason was to finish. And you haven't finished. I think your team is very talented. I actually really like the roster that you put together. I think your team should be better than one and three. I think your team should be two and two. I actually thought that you could be better than the Packers. Talent wise, I kind of think you are. But you're not playing like it. 
And I think that this is a team that I just thought would look a lot better this year. And it's, it's disappointment combined with the fact that they're in games. So like they need to finish. This is their whole issue last couple of years. They weren't finishing. So that's why, that's how I look at it. Um, no mailbag this week. No, uh, no, nothing like that. Uh, no guess. I just feel like it was the right, right call. I'll be honest. Uh, to not do anything like that, but next week we'll have the show ready to go for you. Bryce Shetty. Uh, will be coming back on. Um, he is enjoying life uh, in in vacation. He needs to get away from what the Colts showed him over the last couple of weeks. Uh, and so we, I just decided to let him do that. And and without further ado, I uh, just want to say thank you to Alex uh, for for being able to give that monologue. And, and yeah, uh, we will see you all later.